What's up, everyone, and welcome back to P's and Q's, season two, believe it or not, but we are back, the Eagles are back, everyone is happy, I'm Parth, how are you doing, Quell? I'm awesome, yes, sir, it is Adam, one and only, Mark Quell, Fripp Owens, and we mm-hmm. are excited, excited to be back here for the beginning of the second season, and not only just the P's and Q's podcast. We haven't quite reached there yet. We got something special for you all planned on our second year anniversary because I've been keeping track of the dates. But (laughs) we got something special for you all planned in general just this season. We're ready just to have football back, man. Having football back in general is awesome. Just awesome, man. Getting training camp news, having preseason games. I just want to take a moment of silence for one of our soldiers from our draft blitz, at least a quail soldier, Trevor Pennant, looks like he just suffered an injury in the preseason game. The Saints are oh, no. right now. It didn't look good. It looks like a knee, if I had to suggest. I'm praying it's hyperextension, but that don't look like a hyperextension. It's probably mm-hmm. ACL. So the prayers over that way. He was mean too, man. Yeah. I mean, in, at he the senior bowl, at practice, everything. He, he, he had that dog in him. <laughs> I remember, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I remember talking to Coach T about him. Mean, just basically saying how you don't want to hurt your own players, but you do want linemen who got a bit of a mean streak to them. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, you guys know me as the guy from the trenches. I love to, to scout the guys in the He's trenches. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, edge players, and you name it. Those are my guys. That's that's the fun part of the game in my eyes. But just having the opportunity to watch Trevor. Trevor, as you said, was a mean guy. A lot of fights being started just because of the mean streak he plays with. And I mean, he's just playing to protect his quarterback, which can you use with, especially looking at us as Philly fans. We love to entitle the left tackle as the quote unquote bodyguard ever since Jason Peters took on mm-hmm. the game. Now it looks like it's been passed on Jason Mylotta. I mean, Jordan Mylotta. So, yep. For us to look at the position as the bodyguard, you have to take on the whole embodiment of that when you're protecting your quarterback. And that is exactly what Trevor Penning does or tries to do. So it sucks to see him down. Mm-hmm. And even even, uh, even bodyguard, uh, kind of taking it back to the Eagles, uh, Jason, uh, or Jason Mylotta, I'm saying it like you know, but Jordan Mylotta, um, you know, this, this weekend, uh, this week, I'm sorry, Jalen Phillips, I think, you know, uh, first round pick from last year had all the injury issues and everything, but you know the, the talent was never a question. And so you know he was going off. His his speed was was really showing, and uh, and and I think he uh, he got the best of my lot a couple of times. But then you know my lot of step back, and, and and you know he was able to get into it. But uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't it wasn't Jalen Phillips. It was uh, Christian Wilkins. He was he was talking some smack on the O line um, uh-huh. with uh, with with Landon Dickerson or something, and then. You know, Landon Dickerson pancaked him or something, and then uh, he pushed him. Uh, Wilkins pushed Dickerson after he pancaked him, like he turned around or something. And Mylotta came over and apparently just 
trucked him over and was was there for his men you know so the bodyguard it's not just for the quarterback that man is that man will fight for anyone on the team and uh and and you definitely love to you love to see that um but you know so like i said taking it back to training camp i mean what a what a training camp man the videos we got like last year was fun but i mean this year has been has been amazing and obviously you know it was a little bit weird uh yesterday now uh with the dolphins you know we've had the joint practices but dolphins had a covid a uh, non-covid illness i'm sorry uh and 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 canceled the practice but otherwise i mean we've been able to see them competing against some really good guys uh you know, it looks like the dolphins are going to be pretty good um and then we've also just seen a lot of competition inside uh, the addition of james bradbury i've been uh, i've been seeing is has been really big obviously he hasn't played recently but um you know we have two shutdown corners, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing to, to really think about. Actually really amazing. You kind of set out a, a segue to a bunch of different elements that I actually wanted to touch on today. I guess since you last spoke on the cornerbacks before I get to the rest, might as well start here, but mm-hmm. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, as you mentioned, Bradbury, who hasn't practiced this week, I haven't actually gotten a chance to see what exactly his injury is. I think but, it was a hamstring. Not 100%. Okay, but I do know that Sirianni in his press conference this week was speaking on basically injured players, and he was saying how they aren't really too concerned about any injury the team has right now. They feel like everybody should be ready for week one. So it should mm-hmm. be things to be concerned about. Same with Darius Slay, who as we, since we're talking about it, we saw them in the matchup practice with the Dolphins, had the chance to be matched up one-on-one with Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill kind of got the best of him. I like to think, and a lot of other people on the internet like to think that if Slade didn't trip or pull up a little bit at the end, I was about I like to say to he was right in phase. Where he, where, he, where, he, where he suffered his injury at, then he probably would have been there. He did a great job trying to shut down the, the cheetah, for lack of a better term, which is harder <laughs> said than done, easier said than done. So, I mean, but just the chance having the two shutdown cornerbacks, like you said, it kind of made me wonder. I was just doing a little research prior to the podcast, and I had a chance to watch John Clark. And he had a chance to speak with both Rick Spielman, former general manager of the Vikings, and Ross Tucker, the analyst who happens from NFL Network, who happens to be calling the Eagles games during the preseason. Love for awesome. Love the love he gives to Jordan Mallard. I love to see it, man. So mm-hmm. awesome. But when doing the interview, he had a chance to speak with them. He was basically asking, so what do you think we would get for Jonathan Gannon? And they really raised some, some interesting questions on my end. Where So what exactly do you think? Because you heard Gannon speak in his press conference, what was it, mm-hmm. yesterday? He said last year the team tried to hide a lot of what they did in terms of well, what they were going to do in terms of defensively yeah. during the preseason because they didn't want to let teams know. But uh, he says now that basically the cat is out of the bag and teams know, so they they out there playing their stuff defensively. And I like to think to an extent they are because you want to see who can be successful where. Like he also said, while we aren't game planning against anyone, you want to see if I make this call against this look that you've never seen before, right. can you be able to – be, be in a good position, be successful type of thing. So, but it, it made me beg the question. We all in Philadelphia complained a whole lot about the lack of pressure mm-hmm. that 
can, especially with us finishing near the bottom of the league in terms of sacks. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot of quarterback pressures on our end. So the fact that he wasn't sending extra men, I mean, of course, as we know from the formerly being uh, defensive people of Jim, Jim Schwartz, mm-hmm. sometimes there are defensive coordinators who just like to send for. That's their thing. They'd rather keep everything back, especially with it being a passing league now. You'd rather let your defensive lineman try to do their thing and keep everything in front of you from the behind. So you can't really complain from that measure. But it also you also saw with us having a literal title, the Philly Blitz of the Year, also mm-hmm. being the Philly Blitz, that right. there was some pressure being totally. dialed up every now and then. So oh, yeah. who do you think Jim – not Jim Schwartz – Jonathan Gannon really is in terms of what do you think we'll see this also? Do you think he'll dial it up a little more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And he I think- has, it, it, no, this, this is why it gets weird, though. I, when I first thought about it, when I first asked the question, I'm like, he's going to dial it up. He has to because we got two shutdown cornerbacks now. You can play all the man coverage you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to the zone coverage, you can do whatever you like. Go for it. But then I thought about it, and then it goes back to the selection of Jordan Davis where – the selection of Jordan Davis, I don't want to say its sole purpose was so you didn't have to send pressure, but it definitely frees up uh, a lot of things, not only for the linebackers when you do send pressure, mm-hmm. but for everyone beside him because you can't send one blocker at Jordan Davis or they're going to get demolished. He, he Jordan oh, Davis yeah. is speaking about the Dolphins, some linemen saying that about him earlier. Yeah, he was so, telling him, yeah. It was it was nice, like they were helping each other in practice. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you, bro. I I understand what you're saying, but I counter it with with one player in a one off season move, Hassan Reddick. You know, we brought him in to rush the passer, and that that Sam. You know, maybe maybe you can consider it like a, a down lineman, essentially, right? Who's who's dropping more often, but I think more often than not, Hassan is going to be rushing the passer. Everything that has been coming out from camp is that. Hassan Reddick truly has a gift. And it's and it's funny because, you know, at the beginning of camp, they were kind of like, oh, like Hassan Reddick, like he's not he's not looking like unreal, you know, like he seems like a solid player. It's because he was playing against Lane Johnson. And now, you know, he's gone and played against all these other tackles and everyone is like, oh my God, like Hassan Reddick is, is everything they were talking about and he needs to be rushing the passer and he has this gift. And, I mean, he essentially was a, was, a, was a D lineman in college, right? So, you know, we, we they have all of this kind of, setting uh set, setting up for what i see as you know just a little bit more aggressive of a defense you mentioned it with slay and bradbury we have a little bit more security on the back end yeah you know we're late lacking a little bit at safety for sure but you know with the addition of jordan davis like you said on the flip side you can't block jordan davis with one player right so you can bring pressure and then there's going to be a guy who's coming off unblocked right because you know, there's, there's, they're going to have to account for the numbers somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think that with the addition of Hassan and especially how much money they paid him, you know, um, it seemed like a, a move that was made to address an issue. And, uh, and we heard a lot about Gannon's uh, Sam position last year with, you know, Gernard Avery, Avery and Patrick Johnson playing a little bit, but you know, now we have a bona fide star at the position. And I think that's really going to change how this how this how this defense gonna is gonna um is gonna function in general. No, certainly, most certainly I do agree with what you're saying there. Like as you said with Janar Avery and a little bit of Patrick Johnson, we saw a little of them dropping in coverage and while 
people like us sitting here like, mm, this looks interesting. When you look at it in real time, when you're looking at it on film, why it looks interesting, those type of players were getting beat doing what they were being asked to do in certain mm-hmm. situations. So it's good to have a player like Reddick there to basically fill both modes, both as a pass rusher and as a guy who can drop in coverage. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do with him. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it, it never got to me as both the Eagles in general and, well, at least ever since Jimmy Johnson, Blanc, rest his soul, Jim Johnson. Mm-hmm. Where ever since that era, the Eagles haven't really been a team who were high on sending a whole lot of pressure. It yeah. was always... We have, especially when you look at the way Howie Rosen grabs and invests in the defensive linemen, we have stood defensive mm-hmm. linemen. We shouldn't have to send extra pressure in order to get to the quarterback. These four down linemen should be able to do the job. Now, I, I can't negate anything you said about the influence of having that same position, and not even just that, but just the, the amount of simulated pressures that were put on tape later in the season that mm-hmm. we've seen where Gannis certainly has something in his bag. Like, if you told right. me, if you asked me that, do I think what he was saying in terms of, well, yeah, we just playing our defense is true. To an extent, they are playing exactly how they would like to play in terms of a base defense. But I would like to think that with the investment of players that Howie Roseman has given Gannis, mm-hmm. there, there has to be some element of wrinkle that we haven't seen yet, that he's holding over to the season. And who knows? We might not see a week one against the Lions. Might hold off until week three against Washington or until later in the season when the games become much more important. Mm-hmm. Same way he did last year where he tried to make sure that the defense could do all of the elementary things before he started to get a little bit more versatile. Right. So, we talked about that too. It'll be interesting to see how that works. But since we're here on the defense and we're talking – how you feeling about the linebacker position, man? He also touched on the linebacker position with how he mentioned it because he got asked a question about Davion Taylor where, of course, over the last few seasons, the team has viewed and he's been mentioned as a developmental linebacker. Yeah, well, he basically got asked, that's the question, is he still viewed as a developmental linebacker or what's the plan? He said no. Everybody in that linebacker room from Davion to TJ Edwards all the way up to Kazir and Nakobe, everybody, they're all competing for starting positions. Everybody in that room right now wants to play football and wants to play a whole lot of snaps. So mm-hmm. to hear things like that, what's, what's your your mode on not just who yeah. should take the starting linebacker jobs because you see Nakobe's taking a few first-team reps. Totally. But totally, not only just who should take the starting linebacker job, but how do you feel about the depth on the team heading yeah. into the season? I just feel like we actually have linebackers. You know, like it's it's crazy. I mean, we were we were watching Alex Singleton and and, oh and Eric Wilson last year, man, and and now we have an embarrassment of riches. Now, Jonathan Gannon's comment there, I think that's a little bit of fluff. You know, hyping up your guy, hyping up your player because listen, you know, both of us were big Davion guys last year. We talked about how we could see the development. He's got all these, you know, all these traits, all these gifts, everything. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the mental aspect and putting it all together. And unfortunately, you know, we're still seeing some of the same mistakes. His processing is just like a little bit slower. He's been in the wrong spots. He like missed an interception um, in the uh, in the Browns game. Like it's just these little things. Um, 
But you know, as a depth piece, I think he's fine. You know, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's he's competing for a starting spot with the top three because man, moving on to them, that top three is something different. And and you know, to round out the linebacker room, um, Sean Bradley has been injured, uh, so you know, unfortunately, I don't know how that's going to bode for his chances to make the roster. Hopefully, you know, his special teams performance the last couple of years will will help him solidify something. But you know, he has not been able to practice much. Jacoby Stevens is still very much a project, um, you know, uh, a little bit undersized. Maybe he could be like a, a slower safety, but that's what he was in college. So, you know, that that's all, you know, bottom of the roster guys. But, man, the top of the roster, like, I don't even know who should start, dude, because Kaiser White has been, you know, better than advertised, honestly. I mean, he's all over the place. What a coverage linebacker, man. Like, he's got he's got the feel. And the thing I noticed Watching film, I was talking to my I was talking to my boy Tyler about this. Watching the linebackers when they're in zone, they actually look like they're in zone. Their feet aren't stuck in cement. Like that was the biggest issue with Alex and Eric. Like they it was zone and they'd be in one place. And it's like, bro, you're playing zone. You're supposed to be moving. You're supposed to be active in the zone. And they wouldn't be. And you can see the activity from these guys. And Kaiser was awarded for it the first game. You got that interception, and it was like wow <laughs> you know like look at this the linebacker getting interception like the first or second drive like what are, what are we doing here it was amazing and then i mean uh, T, uh tj has just been he's he's progressed and he's been you know he's been our guy man like we've we've watched him grow so much and you know to see him still balling is great and of course you know nakobe man that's my guy besides being a bulldog of course but, you know, uh, the draft blitz episodes and everything, I was all about getting him. I wanted him in the second. And uh, and I think he's been I think he's been playing great. You know, he is definitely undersized. There was no question about that. But that man, that man comes to play, bro. Like, I mean, he's he's hitting the, he's hitting the whole hard and he's coming with, uh, with with conviction. And that's what you want out of your linebackers. And I think. um the longer he he continues to play and continues to you know get a feeling of the game at this level, the better he's going to be because the guy is so instinctive. Once he's once he's like you know at that level where everything is just clicking a, a step before and his processing mm -hmm. is caught up, he's he's going to be a problem, man. He's going to be definitely, a problem. man. Like I was looking at his interview earlier today, man, and he was just speaking on like the the speed level of the game. He he was saying how it's nothing too extreme. I mean, yeah. of course, there is stuff to get caught up to. Nothing yeah. like the the, the uh, acclimation of change going from high school to college. But, of course, right. you're going from the high school to the SEC. You got to be <laughs> ready for the, the world moving fast around. But he just acclimation from playing in the SEC, having the opportunity to play around and against a bunch of NFL caliber players. The change hasn't been too tough for him. I mean, of course, there's a little bit to the – wait till it slows all the way down and then I know exactly what I'll be type of thing going on but he, he's actually settled in really well again like I said earlier to the point where the team is giving him first team reps mm -hmm. and I must say I I credit you to that you 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 wanted him and you wanted him bad <laughs> and I can see why you wanted him to keep yeah, the you were right about Jurgens bro I was just right about Jurgens I was just gonna get there man with those who are fans of P's and Q's you know that during the draft blitz episode, we we had a bit of the dispute. <laughs> we ain't have a whole lot of those during the season last Twice, year, so, man. So Twice. in order to see that, it was it's a uh, sight for sore eyes, a pleasure to see. Like, oh, what's <laughs> going on? But 
I don't want to say I told you so. Told I'm me, not the one that's so, That's not my kind of thing. But man, Cam is a monster. Cam Jurgens is a monster, man. I tell you, he he is everything he's that he's been dirty. advertised, everything that I advertised him to be, and more, man. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. we all spent all this time clamoring for Tyler Linderbaum, and of course, we're going to see why. I'm excited to see what Baltimore has in store, what different mm-hmm. wrinkles they will add to the offense, having an offensive lineman like that with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. But having the opportunity to just watch him in real time, Cam Jurgis, that is. Mm-hmm. Oh man, man, it's just almost very reminiscent of Kelsey, man. Very. It's crazy. Did the screen, the screen where he, or was it a screen or was it just a run where they had him pulling out? It was like he's, uh, I think the one. I don't know which one you talking about specifically, but I, I think you talking about which one. I think you talking about it was a screen play. It was a screen play, bro. Like one hand so pushing guys over, like it Kelsey. That was. It was like if you didn't know that it wasn't Kelsey out there. You would be hard pressed to tell the difference, and like obviously that's very high praise, but the way the guy moves is crazy. There's no reason a guy that big should be moving that it, it would just that much agility, you know, like and just the strength and everything. It's just so obvious. You were totally right about it, man. He he just pops off the field, and I, honestly, like I'm glad Kelsey got this, you know, elbow thing. I'm I'm hoping he's back for for week one, so his streak doesn't go away. But oh, he's I mean, back. Again, like I said, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Coach said, everybody's going to be healthy. I don't expect to see Jurgens at all this season. The only person I'm worried about, well, I'll, I'll get to him in a second. But yeah, Jurgens, like I'm just glad we got to see Jurgens a little bit. But the only person I'm kind of worried about injury wise is Miles. With his, you know, soft tissue injuries and his history with that, I'm just, I hope, I hope he can get back in time. But don't, the one kind of hole on the roster besides safety, you know, um, it, to me, kind of seems like it's it's running back. It, it feels like, you know, I know we got Kenny G there, right? We got Boston Scott, obviously, and, and Boston was running hard. But it, with Miles out, it just feels like you know we're 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 missing we're missing an element in 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 the backfield to an extent. You know what I mean? So speak to me about your your opinion about the backfield because I also saw you say something interesting on Twitter. I don't remember if it was earlier this week or last week. But it was recently where basically you think the element of having a power back in the backfield has been overstated for lack of yeah. So Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's I can touch on a little bit of that as well. Yeah, totally. So we've been we, – we got really spoiled in 2017, right, like with LeGarrette and, and, and that whole – in that whole backfield. LeGarrette and Jay Ajayi are both some big bruising backs. You know, like Ajayi – Ajayi got caught from the back. Remember, there's that, there's that, there's that video where they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> he got, got caught!" Right? Wait, was that against Dallas? Who was right? That yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, you know, we we got used to these power backs who, boom, were running through your face, you know, and you know we've kind of come to expect that. Oh, you need that, like Jordan Howard. That's what he is. But the thing about Jordan Howard, he's not just a big running back. The reason that when you know Jordan was out and Kenny G was playing and he was still getting yardage is because we just need a guy who is willing to hit the hole and just get north to south. And Kenny G is willing to do that. Boston Scott is always willing to do that. Boston Scott is so good about that. It's just his size that gets in the way. But if you want a guy who's going to run north to south and just get you the yardage that you need, those guys will do it. 
that being said, and, 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 you know, we talked about it last year with Miles, you know, like Miles kind of, you know, he liked to, 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 to jump it outside every once in a while. And he, he used to just do that a lot. He got better as the season progressed. There was no question about it. You know, by like week 14, I want to say like, he was just, he was, he was just hitting the hole with like conviction and, 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 and it was obvious that he just looked like a better running back. But with, with Miles out, the explosiveness that I kind of want from the backfield, you know, just in general, I feel like we've gotten used to having three running backs. I feel like we just, I, I want Miles back. You know, I want him to be healthy because I think the the three-headed running back is going to be a lot more successful than just Boston and Kenny G. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to be a, a sizist, but at the end of the day, they're both just like, there's they're smaller running backs, you know, and and you know there's a not a shelf life per se, but you know there's a there's there's an extent to you know everything that they can do, and I just kind of feel like having a guy who's not and I'm not saying you need a six two two forty you know AJ AJ Dillon type guy, but just a guy who's not five six, you know, like that's what our that's what our backfield is right now, and you know, and I, I love the the mighty mouse and everything, and we got a special place for Darren Sproles, but. Darren Sproles wasn't our 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 only running back, you know, and and that's just kind of what I am getting at. What I must say, it's worth noting that Darren Sproles is with the front office, so maybe that has something to do with all this. <laughs> He's looking up running backs. <laughs> but you know, I, while to an extent, I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, how I explained it on Twitter under the same tweet is basically, I wow, I see that we probably might overvalue the fact of having a power back. Like we don't need a power back for the offense to be successful, as you as you said, we just need someone who moves to the hole with conviction, hits the play, north and south type of football type of thing. Mm-hmm. In the same breath of saying that, I mean. I would say that the way the game is heading today, just look at the way we play. Honestly, the best example of this is just to watch the Eagles play, how we got gashed with the running game. And not everybody that gashed us, not every running back was a big bruising back. But with the way defense is being played today, it's kind of like a, a mathematical, uh, scientific kind of thing where everybody's shifting away from the cover three to more so of a two-high safety thing, the Vic Vangios, the Brandon mm-hmm. Staley's, the same thing that Gannon likes to do with the two-high. While we played a little bit lower, single-high safety than he would have liked last year. I do. It's clearly based on his background. That's the, the two-highs his thing. But just saying the way that the league is headed, stopping the big play in all letter terms, the amount of 11 personnel, 11 personnel that's being played in. Mm-hmm. Without each offense, throughout each offense where it's almost crazy, that's almost a bit of a base. The same for nickel defense is almost a bit of a base defense nowadays where you you got all these little fast people trying to spread the field out and outrun the next man, beat angles and all of this stuff to the point where if you're going to play nickel as your base defense, I don't mind having a bigger back. Who, yeah. Six defensive backs aren't going to want to tackle for sixty minutes because let's let's be real, mm-hmm. those two hundred fifteen, two hundred five pound defensive backs aren't going to want to tackle AJ Dinner all game 
They aren't going to want to tackle a guy that's just look at the damage that Derrick Henry does. And not everyone is Derrick Henry, but this just goes to show you how successful a bigger back can be in the league where in terms of 60 minutes of football, especially when you get later in the years, I mean, like I said earlier, I'm a trench type of guy. I love everything that handles down. But I feel like in order to be successful as a football team, you have to be able to run the ball dominantly and you have to be able to block and get to the quarterback on both ends of the ball. And in order to do that, you got to have a, a bigger back and a really talented offensive and defensive line. So mm-hmm. why I'm not saying we need it, but it'll definitely help. I agree, man. You know what's frustrating? There was a 5'11", 216-pound running back that I said the Eagles should draft in this draft. And he looks phenomenal right he now. Phenomenal, man. <laughs> I got he might be I got running a picture back of him right here. over there in Houston. Already, bro. They they said, oh, you can rest this week, dog. You don't even need to take the carries because you're the starter. <laughs> that boy I is nice. You and I both said a little bit of that. I know me and Pierre had a little bit of the Hassan uh, Haskins bandwagon. Right. So, I mean, clearly we were mentioning throughout the offseason the impact of mm-hmm. a bigger back. So, yeah. why I, I do agree with what you're saying, it's been overstated for the importance of, yeah. wow, what happened in 2017 and what we've seen Jordan Howard do. I do think it is a necessity based on what our backfield looks like right now. Because, I mean, sure, if I'm Kenny G, I'll take my, uh, uh, what was it, 11% target share and 20 red zone touches. But if I'm an Eagles fan, do I really want Kenny G getting 11 red zone touches on the ground and not exactly. there? Exactly. And and the, the, the other intriguing kind of point I saw about all this is Eagles have Jalen Hurts, right? And that, that changes the dynamics of it. And I agree it does. You know, he's a bigger guy. He runs a little bit of power. He's not a, he's not a runner like Lamar where he's, you know, making you miss all the time. He, like Lamar, like he, he just doesn't get hit, you know? Like Jalen will – Jim will pull out, you know, like he had that one, he had that one, put your foot in the ground and, and just get, get up and, uh, you know, uh, like he was in the yes, sir. That's what I was it about. It also to happened in training camp. It was exactly. Yep. Yep. And it was, it went crazy in the stadium at that moment, but you know, he has the ability to do that, but at the same time, you don't want your quarterback taking all those hits, you know? So, um, we'll see. It's going to be intriguing to see. I didn't, the whole Kareem Hunt thing I thought was BS from the beginning, Cause I was just like, dude, like you guys got a picture of Kareem like talking to Nick Sirianni, and everybody's like, oh my god, it's tra- it, there's a trade happening, and everyone's sources are are just sources, you know. So it's just like, I, I didn't I didn't believe it, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, there's a, there's still a lot to to, to I happen. I do think, while I don't believe that a trade was actively happening while they were speaking, I do think that Howie and company did touch bases while they were there. Just like oh, the way I don't think that this rumor. That Alexander Matson, because again, I like as I, I mentioned, yeah. I heard mm-hmm. that I was looking at the interview with Rick Spielman, and he was in camp as it was clearly he was at Eagles camp. He was in Miami, there for the Eagles practice with the mm-hmm. Dolphins. I'm pretty sure he's spoken with Howie, and That's I'm pretty sure Howie. he's put a word in his ear as the former general manager of the Vikings right. about Alexander Matson. I'm pretty sure that rumor didn't come from anywhere. No, yeah, I, oh. I agree with you, man. And and that's the thing about Howie, right? Like, he's always going to see what the price is, right? He's mm-hmm. he's always going to check in to see what other people's stars are at. You know, that's how we got AJ. You know, they talk about it, how we kept following up. And, you know, he kept kind of being like, you know, what's going on here? And then on the last day, right, the day of the draft, he 
is able to pull off the move. So that's something about Howie. But, you know, my point was I didn't think that there were too serious of talks about Kareem Hunt. But the Alex, uh, the Alexander Mattinson move, man, I I was a big fan of that. I think he's I think he's a I think he's a really solid like rotational back who you can just kind of put into put into our backfield, and I think he'd be a great fit. So I thought I thought that that one might have been nice if it happened, but who knows? But with you know cut down days and everything coming up, I think uh, I think we'll see a lot of moves. Um, you know, somebody who's had a good camp. Uh, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Rager, you know, uh, from a lot of the uh, reports, people are saying he's been playing really well. Um, but, you know, recently there have been saying there were even reports that were saying that uh, that there were teams inquiring about the price for Jalen Rager. So, um, so personally, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll raise you one because mm-hmm. that kind of segues into a really good point about both of our latest group. I don't want to say latest, but two of our most so recent first round picks. Mm-hmm. Where same thing you're saying right now. There's been much talk about Andre Dillard and how good he's look. He's Ross Tucker was saying how he stoked up, but he could tell how he stoked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He got a little chip on his shoulder now. He yeah. almost got into a practice fight. Dude, he, he changed yeah. so much in the last couple this, years. This, man. This he isn't the so same strong. Andre Dillard that said. I'm not used to playing in a city like this. I'm come. I come from a little city. Yeah. So he definitely has something, some element to him. So mm-hmm. both to Rager and Dillard, because I mean there's been talk, especially with Dallas suffering the injury to Tyron Smith at left tackle, mm-hmm. yeah, a possible trade could happen there. Would you rather see what you can get in terms of like on the open market, adding whether it's draft capital or a specific player? from either Rager or Dillard, or do you think that just dating back to the whole depth thing? Because, again, we never know how the injury bug works while we pray that the Eagles stay healthy. It sounds, it seems as if the Eagles are one, not only one of the most talented teams in football, but they come with a whole lot of depth along yeah. a whole lot of positions, which is Agreed. a really good spot to be in heading to the position. So do you think it's even worth it trying to trade off one of those players? So to Dallas, hell no. <laughs> no, we're not we're not saving Dallas this season and giving them a left tackle. No, like unless they're giving us a first round pick, I'm not doing it. And I know that's so lofty, but like that just that that emphasizes my point more. We are not giving Dallas a left tackle for the future, too. You know, like he's a young player. And and and, and you know, they got they got guys in the wings, so they'll be fine. Let them do whatever. I must say, I must say, okay, first off. Not just Dallas, speaking in general. But since you want to bring up Dallas first, and I'm not advocating to trade him to Dallas because Dallas, you suck. We hate you. Right. But to be fair, they traded us. They traded up with us in order to stop they the did. Giants from they getting did. Devonta Smith. So it's not it was, like they didn't do also, us solid. They did do us solid, but. It's not like it was like okay, who's gonna get the Giants? The the the, the Giants or the Eagles? You know, like it, it, it was they 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 chose us. That's true, but you know we had the whole back and forth with uh with them taking CD and us taking Dallas. You know what I mean? Like you know we 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 we've had some we've had some draft beefs, but giving them a player straight up, man. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could get with that. <laughs> like and especially a tackle when they need one. It's just personal, but. But to your point, man, you're right. Like the depth is absolutely one of the best parts about our team. Like we have a backup left tackle who is a first round pick. We have a receiver who might not make the roster, honestly, like who is a first round pick who's had the best camp of his season. You know, like that, 
says a lot about the depth that you have. I mean, the offseason pickups we got, like Zach Pascal, you know, a lot of people were just kind of like, oh, he'll be like a, a third receiver. Balling He's had a hell of a camp. Exactly, man. And, and I'm sure we'll see more uh, uh, tomorrow night. But, you know, like all these guys who people weren't, you know, super excited about have come to play, man. And, and that and that says a lot. So when it comes to depth with with Dillard, I think I'm a little bit more hesitant. I don't think our tackle depth is as good as our receiver depth. Um, and I mean, that's just, that's just obvious. It's harder to find a, a great, you know, backup tackle than it is to find a great backup receiver. You know, and that's just, that's, that's just how the, the position is. Um, so with Dillard, I probably would, you know, chill out a little bit, unless we're getting like a, a deal that's blowing our socks off. I'm not, I'm not, you know, in a, in a rush to trade him. And honestly, for from for for Dillard, man, take it. You're getting paid. You're on a team with Jeff Stoutland, and you are just you're you're marinating, right? Like you're gonna get your chance, right? Like the the contract's gonna be up. You're gonna get your chance. Just take the time to be with like the best O line coach in the in the league. You're taking some time off your knees, you know. Just 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 take it, you know. Um, I wouldn't, you know. Obviously, you want to play, but this is as good of a situation to be a backup in as you can ask for. And then, and you're also, you know, learning from Lane Johnson as well. And you got Jordan Mailata, one of the most transcendental, you know, young tackles in the league right now in front of you. So, you know, you're not having to worry about too much. But when it comes to the receivers, man, like, cut day is going to be weird. It's 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 going to be yeah, really man. interesting. That top three the is still a Jalen Hurts was speaking on how impressed he's been with John Hightower and I mean I was just about to say Hightower has had a great end to camp like the last couple weeks uh, last couple weeks from what I was seeing he's been he's been kind of coming into his own Fran Duffy was saying something about about how good he's been doing so it's it's weird because you got you got you know you got AJ Devontae and Quez right like that's solidified then you probably got Zach Pascal right at the at the at that four spot that fifth spot there's a ton of guys who could deserve it. John Hightower has had a good camp. Deion Kane has had a hell of a camp. Uh, you know, Greg Ward obviously has pro- proven himself time and time again, but he hasn't practiced all camp. You know, he's been injured. So it's it's just going to be really interesting. And then on top of that, we got Britton Covey, right, who's got these, this return ability that everyone's so excited about. It's it's just it's going to be really interesting to see what we do. But, you know, and, and that's not even mentioning Rager, right, who also had a great camp for that fifth receiver spot. So that's why I kind of think, you know, if if we can find a spot for, for Jalen to go where, you know, he'll get a chance to play a little bit more, I say I say we take that. You know, we have the depth to, to be able to handle a loss like that. And that says a lot. We have the depth to handle the loss of a first-round receiver. You know, like, even if everything hasn't worked out, the talent is still there. I still, I still believe that. Like, I think Jalen can still be a good player. And, you know, we have so much depth. He's kind of getting played out off the team, which is kind of crazy to think about, but that doesn't speak to Jalen's talent, but speaks to the talent of the team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I most definitely agree with everything you just said, man. It's just, we went from a wide receiver room that was just lacking to trying to figure out who and how is going to make this roster. It's bizarre. And- it's bizarre. Like we were, we were struggling at corner, linebacker, and receiver, and now, like, look at us. It's an embarrassment of riches. Speaking of corner, since we I was just about to, you know, it. I mean, <laughs> oh man, mm. Josh, Joe, baby, balling. We, balling. we told him. 
We told him. We were like, yo, just draft him, bro. Like Another he's, guy that he's, Jonathan Gannon has mentioned by name. Yep. Yep. He's making the roster. Like, he's he's he's, he's making the he's, roster. Elliot Shaw Park said the other day that he thinks that he's been the team's best, best backup cornerback. And I thought it was Zeke for most of the camp. But for him to say Joe, but then for Gannon to mention Joe by name, I mean – you mm-hmm. can't deny, like he said, he he knew he knew what the team was getting from him. What he put, what he seen on film heading into the league, really good coverage ability, interesting player, right? And you could is he see from it. Virginia? Is he from the DMV? Uh, Kel, I don't remember from the top of my head. I can I'm check and let you know. Yeah, but just a physical player, man. Physical and nice again, just watching them play, you see it. Like he isn't scared of that. Mm-hmm. My scouting report on him heading into the draft. He isn't scared to come make a tackle, man. Like he he, he likes to tackle. He wants to tackle. You've seen that while he had a whiff tackle in the game against was that, the Jets in the first game. It was he was also had a nose for football, man, and was in and around and near the football the whole game that he played. The same way for the second game against Cleveland, man. So you got to be excited for what you've seen from Joe, dude. Like. It's it's crazy, and everyone was so excited about Blackwell ran the fast forty. Mario Goodrich had a great senior year, so everyone was so excited about him. But I mean, you and I talked about it. Like Joe produced at Alabama for mm-hmm. years, and then his senior year he played. Up against he, played injured. he was in the country. Exactly, exactly. Then he played his senior year injured, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, we can't draft him. Like it was nonsense then; it's nonsense now. He came in, and I'm sorry, everyone. He came in. <laughs> the mic fell. <laughs> That's what he came in and did, y'all. Came in and mic dropped. That's exactly what he did. Right. 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 Exactly. I mean, he came in. Zach McPherson, everyone's so high on. He's taking first first team reps with him. He's ahead of Tay Gowan, who we traded Zach Ertz for. I mean, you know, everyone on the team. I mean, he's just he's coming hey, ahead. I had a game the other day, too. Tay? Yeah. I like the dude. The young corners on this team have me really excited. Have it, me really I, excited. It's very interesting to see how they invest. Even with how you said they played uh, Ugo before mm-hmm. the trade out on the outside. It's really oh yeah. Wait 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 wait, wait 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 wait. Sorry. Pause. Speaking of Ugo, rest in peace to J Job breakout season, man. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a great time. We'll miss you forever, J Jaw. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Intern of Condoleezza Rice, <laughs> Jay Jaw, <laughs> clapping his hands coming out the car, man. We'll never forget that that wonk ass outfit, man. But but my wife painted this the other day. It wasn't in memory of Jay Jaw, but I'm gonna say it's in memory of Jay Jaw. The umbrella, it's the umbrella for all oh, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that picture with his mom on the umbrella, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy, bro. Yo, like, he couldn't have got off to a worse start, man. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not quite as Rager-esque with the whole Justin Jefferson, but... Yeah. Dang, no. DK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. We weren't even going to draft DK. We were going to draft Paris Campbell, so it's fine. <laughs> Paris Campbell would have been good, Philly. I'm you think so? I don't know, bro. I just wish he would stay healthy. That's he all. can't. That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we've had, like, 
So many injured players. I mean, it's Miles, right? I mean, he can he could be so good, but it's he just literally the injured. I mean, not the injured Miles. Miles is already injured. I'm sorry, Miles. <laughs> but he is literally the wide receiver, Miles Sanders, man. Like top recruit, talented player, can't stay healthy. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I just wish he would stay on the field, man, because he can really produce. It's frustrating, honestly, and I'm not even a Colts fan. Was he an Ohio State guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say. I was about to. You seem a little. You seem a little too loving to this man. <laughs> <laughs> it's very stressful watching it because every year I'm like, you got this, Paris, and every week I see Paris Campbell DNP, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't know, man. Anyways, let's see. So we talked about Jalen. You know. Both the Jalen's. Um, so, do you think do you think we're gonna see a move made at safety? Somebody said that they've heard that the Eagles are expected to make a move at safety before the season starts. I'm lurking to see, especially with the term, with the terms that Jesse Bates has basically returned to the Bengals and he's gonna play football there this season. That. Mm-hmm. Who and where? There's been noise about Chuck Clark. We've been hearing that noise since draft. I've been. That's what I was just about to ask you. I was about to ask you about Chuck Clark because you know they got. But I've also heard that they want to keep three safeties. Yeah, it makes sense because when they go, I don't want to necessarily call them to a big nickel because it's not necessarily a big nickel package. But the Eagles play a whole lot of three safety packages for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. So. Oh no! But I was talking about the I was talking about the uh, the Ravens. The Ravens. Oh, might, they did. Yeah, the Ravens might want to keep three safeties, and that's what they already had four. Five? Dude, they got they have an embarrassment of riches at at safety, man. And it's just like right now, you know, three safeties, and you got five. <laughs> I'm saying, man, like we're Marcus Epps is our best safety right now, and no disrespect to the man, but like that can't that can't be the case. Anthony Harris has had kind of a tough camp from from most reports. Uh, but you know what? We got we got another camp darling, man. Reed Blakenship, the white safety man, making a comeback. <laughs> but that boy's the nice. Defensive back in general, man. That boy nice. Shout out Joe. Uh, what's his name? Jason Seahorn. Harrison Smith. <laughs> man, like the four. <laughs> But I don't know, man. He's been he's been really good coming out of Middle Tennessee, and he's taking two reps, uh, reps with the twos, uh, like this week. So it says a lot. I, and I mean, even even when you watch him, just the eye test. I mean, he's he's just a he's a solid player. I mean, he's a solid football player. The scout report, hey, he was really good on special teams, so that might mm-hmm. have equal to the roster. But it's just in general, man. The, the depth on this football team is ridiculous. Yeah, can't remember the last time you looked at an Eagles roster and said this team is this talented. Well, I don't know who's gonna make this roster. Yeah, I mean, not even the Super Bowl year was it was really like that. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, the Super Bowl year came out of nowhere, but like this year, it's just kind of like. And the thing is, is you know, I hate using the word super team, you know, because it's just it's cursed dream Stop. team, all that. I'm not. But the thing, about this team, the thing this about this why, team, I've come to the convincing that this is why Miles Sanders is hurt now. Instead of taking it out on that, the team, they took it out on him. It's getting, you know what? I'll take it, man. I'll take it. But, but, but what I will say about this team, man, is regardless of all the talent, everything you know that's on this team, all the guys, 
Like, we got dudes on this team, you know? Like, not just guys. We got dudes. Mm -hmm. But everyone wants everyone to eat, you know? And obviously, it's preseason, and and, and it's and you got all those types of things and good vibes everywhere. The the top three, right? You know, uh, Jalen, Devontae, and and uh, and AJ apparently have been inseparable. And, and that speaks, like massively for what the season could could end up looking like you know like the fact that these two top receivers who are going to be competing for touches like you know they were they were asking some eagles execs like what's your what's your biggest fear for the season he's making sure everyone gets their touches because we have that type of talent but the fact that aj and Devontae they're going to be competing for touches they're going to be competing for all this the fact that they are you know best friends already you know because of you know the jalen connection and all that and just because they're similar kind of dudes and in the way that they work, I mean, it, it speaks volumes of what this team is kind of like and, and how they're built. And the fact that they're already learning off of each other, you know, uh, AJ has said that he really wants to pick up, you know, some of the nuances of routes from Devontae and already has started to. And Devontae talked about how he was picking up some 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 tips from AJ about contested catches and, and going through for the ball. Like these guys learning from each other is only going to make them better. And the fact that they're all open to that and open to helping each other and they understand that touches for the other person is going to open up touches for them mm-hmm. tells me that like this team is a lot more mature than, you know, other dream teams that we've seen in the past and that they care about the important things. You know, they care I about wouldn't necessarily chalk it to maturity while I do think the team is pretty mature. I, again, ESP tweeted something the other day where he said the one thing about this Eagles team and he's noticed some teams in the past, at least dating back to the Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. is this team has really good chemistry. They're really close-knit. And right. I was thinking about that earlier where they went into the whole process. And at first, when I was thinking about this whole thing, I thought it was just an investment into the quarterback where you go get your quarterback, his guys, and all this stuff. You want to make sure that he's the most comfortable but then when you look at the whole drafting Jordan Davis and then seeing Nicobe Dean on the board and not only having the opportunity to get a good football player, but having the opportunity to pair them two back up together again. Mm-hmm. Or who who was it? It was somebody. James Bradbury went to school with somebody. Who was it? Oh, oh man. Hold up. I know, I know what you're talking about. I literally all right, he went to Samford University in Arkansas State. He's having the opportunity to pair back up with. I wrote an article about this. Whiskey Tart, Jaquaski. Sorry. Tart. Boom. Yeah. Whiskey Tart. Where this team, they've invested in it's something funny there's something that's going on in baseball i might write an article about this because i was thinking about it oh yeah that's going on in baseball with the atlanta braves with their investing in players who were legitimately braves fans growing up they love playing for the organization they love the team they love being there where it looks like the eagles are invested in players who have played together, chemistry, have good chemistry. They're generally friends. They generally love each other. They generally don't mm-hmm. mind playing for the man next to them type That's thing. a great point. Relationships. I mean, Devontae and, and Jalen, AJ mm-hmm. and Jalen, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just said, Tart and Brad, Brad, mm-hmm. Bradbury, Nicobe and Jordan. There, there seems to be a link there at this point where it's like, okay, 
these guys play well together. Let's see if we can get them to play better together here. Type thing. Yeah. These guys communicate well. They already know each other well. Let's see if this helps there. Type of thing. So, seeing something like that takes place, it just it's just, again, another thing to take on where, as I said, this team is such a close-knit team where they play for each other. Where It seems where the worry might be we'll make sure everybody get their touches. But on this end, I think they all really generally want to see everyone be successful. They want to see the man next to them win. And that is the best part about this team. That will take them a long way. No, yeah. I, I like how you put them in. It's not just maturity. It's that they actually just – they love their teammates. And that's mm. that's what has me so excited about this team, man. When you – I mean – you could have played any freaking sport, play backyard football, whatever. But when you want to play for your teammates, it's different than when you hate your teammates. You know, even when you're impartial to your teammates, like there's mm-hmm. just there's something else inside you. Like, no, I'm not. I don't want to let them down. You know, and 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 it's something as small as that where you just come to work, ready to work every day. You know, you're ready to 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 put in what you need to put in the effort, put in the time, because you see that your brothers are doing the same thing, and uh, and it's and it's positive peer pressure, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. but but yeah man i'm 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 so excited and i'm so excited for season two of p's and q's man like look at us who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> look at us man look at us <laughs> love it man but we got we got an exciting exciting season coming up exciting yes. football season, pro football season college football too gators top 10 class for 2023 come on now stop playing fuck ass Future college football champions. Oh my lord! Please, please. Quarterback one, C.J. Stroud. Please. Quarterback one. I mean, wide receiver one, Jackson Smith and Jake. I'll, I'll give you Jackson Smith, but no, nah, you got to give me. I take C.J. over Jackson. I think C.J. is the legitimate quarterback one in this class. Jackson taking, might not be wide receiver. AR fifteen. I'm taking. I'm taking AR. Well, he doesn't go by that anymore. My bad. My bad. No, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. I understand. It's kind of like his his brand got absolutely hosed, but I'm with Anthony Richardson. All right. That's my man. So Tebow said he's going to surprise people. Parf got me out here giving out sneak previews. Y'all wasn't supposed to know about this till it dropped. As y'all can see, if you go click on the page, the website, we got the whole Philly Blitz, the draft blitz part up and ready. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to drop a whole lot. When I tell you a whole lot, a whole lot of really good content up there for you. Already getting the the preseason top 100. I don't know if I'm going to do top 100 or top 50. I'm trying to figure that out now. Regardless. But I'm already getting the, the preseason top players to watch ready for you guys. I got it ready at almost every position. They probably got three more left. I think they're all defensive. But Sorry, Par for Anthony Richardson is quarterback six right now. My oh, boy. that's right now. That's right now. Just wait, bro. Your 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 boy CJ is about to be quarterback six after Anthony's done, man. Just <laughs> wait. But you know, everybody go check that out for real, man. Cause I know I will be Quell's heading up that whole department, the draft blitz, cause man's got a gift with that. So so make sure you guys check that out because you will be more knowledgeable than all your friends <laughs> if you read what Quell writes. But uh, but you know, just be really excited for that. And uh, and, th- and thank you all as always for your support and thank always. you, well. You know it's great to it's great to be back recording again. Yes, we will see you guys next week. That's right, next week we are back to our weekly recording yes, sir. platform. The season is kicking off. Next week we we'll give you an off season pre review, season preview, and the week after that we're back to the 
Season kickoff. Falcons preview, baby. Not Falcons Lions. We beat that breaks off the Falcons last year. That's why I said Falcons. I'm excited to get another W. Right. Right. That first week, that first game was unreal, dude. Devontae got that touchdown in the same spot mm. that he caught it in the championship. Wow. Oh, we'll be that back. Dart. Absolute dart to Dallas Goddard. Sign me up, man. We back. We back. But anyways, thank you all. You know the drill. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, subscribe and comment and like it from your mom's phone, your auntie's phone, your dad's phone, your grandma's phone, your grandpa's phone, your cousin's phone your best friend's phone, your worst enemy's phone, everybody's phone. Just make sure you like and subscribe. It's just comment, ask us questions or whatever, and uh, and, and we'd love to answer them. Uh, but for, for Quell and I, go Birds. In the words of Jordan Mylotta and Parth, go Birds. Jordan Mylotta and Parth, bro. <laughs>